2: Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sippel, Jake Sorensen, early break. Fun show so far as you got the podcast at ticketfm.com. Thanks to Derek Bombeck for stepping in from Visit Lincoln Town. It's all about events coming around town this weekend. Appreciate that. Uh, we will talk to Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, about the weekend picks and bowl games in general next segment. But before that, Sip, we are joined now on the hotline by friend of the show, Purdue Rider. Tom Deanhart of uh, GoldenBlack.com. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Big news for Purdue as Jeff Brom is at Louisville. Ryan Walters is now the guy for Purdue. Uh, Let's start there. How surprised were you to see Ryan Walters as the guy named as the head coach for Purdue, Tom?
3: Yeah, first, good morning fellas. Uh, Always good to hear your voices and to be on and beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. I was I was surprised. I think most people were honestly. Um
1: hmm.
3: you know My, Michael Binsky said uh, a week a week ago last last Thursday in a press conference talking about the search that he was open to any a coach from any background, right? Yeah. Didn't have to be a proven head coach. Didn't have to be an offensive head coach. But still I think given Purdue's you know, challenges and, 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 and the fact that they have that offensive tradition, the credit of quarterbacks. Most people thought they were going to try to get a sitting head coach with an offensive background. Well, he did a 180, right? Yeah. And I'm an unproven guy from a defensive background. Um, really, impressions for me. Okay. He's, he's, an impressive, he's an impressive guy. He's 36 years old. Makes me feel really old at this point. But, again, uh, exciting <laughs> times. I think the fan base was skeptical at first, but they're starting to buy in here slowly.
1: Interesting. Skeptical at first, I can see why in the context of what is all around him in the Big Ten West. Tom, you are yeah. probably the ultimate insider as terms of who covers Purdue football. Who else do you think was considered? Who else, I mean, came up in that conversation?
3: I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people. Sip. As you can imagine, uh, the six or so days this job was open, uh-huh. and it was a sitting head coach who told me that. Hey, I hear they're, they're 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 looking and talking to Ryan Walters. I said, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> it turned out to be actual factual stuff. Yeah, I will tell you what, I feel confident that they did have some level of discussion with with, with Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Okay, uh, Jamarcus Shepard, who's an assistant coach at Washington, who was a longtime Purdue receivers coach, he was the pick of the players, guys. Jamarcus players Shepard. went on. Yeah, Jamarcus Shepard went on. All the players went on social media. They wanted Jamarcus he have been the guy that developed Rondale Moore and David Bell. You've been with Jeff Brom five years and just left this last year to go to Washington with Kalen DeBoer. I do believe they talked to him. I think they talked to Tyson Helton, the head coach at Western Kentucky, who I thought maybe was going to be the front runner. Todd Mockin, the OC at Georgia. Uh, Dave Claussen at Wake. And, and then Dave Elko, head coach at Duke. And Kevin Sumlin, the former Purdue linebacker, and of course, head coach at Houston in Arizona, I think those guys I feel pretty confident in saying there's some level of talk how deep it got with all those guys I can't say for sure.
1: I wonder, I mean, Purdue, I mean there was some school of thought, Tom, that Purdue would go with an offensive coach or should go with an offensive coach and has gone with offensive coaches for 40 years, really, because it helps put people in the stands, like Brahm's mm-hmm. offense was an exciting offense, and it helped put, put people in the stands. Is that, is that a valid reason to hire a head coach in your mind?
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. We, we, we talk about that among ourselves, our staff, and uh, some other people who cover the team, and longtime program watchers. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it, Steve. You, you, you want to do something exciting that that's going to uh, get people in the stands. You, you, you don't want to – everybody wants to win, right? Right. Even if it's 13 to six. But um, having an entertaining offense certainly helps. And, you know, it's funny just just texting with some old Purdue football players about this. One guy texted me that, hey, you know, Purdue's known for two things. It's astronauts and quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. You, you
3: guys can probably do the roll call of quarterbacks onto yeah. uh, that campus. So you're right. Um, I think uh, people thought, they yeah, we're going to get an offensive guy. But you probably saw the news. Late last night, where where Ryan Walters is going to hire Graham Harrell as his offensive coordinator. You guys, I'm sure, are familiar with Graham Harrell. Oh yeah, well yeah, tech, Fro- tech quarterback.
1: Hey Tom, Frost, consider Graham Harrell as there you go as the OC. The job that went to Mark Whipple, Graham Harrell was. I think it was down to Whipple and Graham Harrell. That's interesting. interesting. So that that news came out last night. Graham Harrell is going to be the OC.
3: Yeah, I confirmed it. Adam Rittenberg reported it first, and then I got confirmation of it. So, he's going to be the guy, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's only at West Virginia this one season, 2022, under Neil Brown. You guys remember, Neil Brown, they thought he was going to lose his job. Yeah. Then they had a switch at AED. They had the, the North Texas AED, and they decided to keep Neil Brown. So, anyway, um, Graham was only in Morgantown the one year. Of course, Steve, like you said, he was at USC for three years under Clay Helton who's the brother of Tyson Help, who I just mentioned is the Western Kentucky head coach. Of course, Graham is, of course, a disciple of Mike Leach, right? The great, late, great Mike Leach, played QB there. Uh, of course, worked with him at Washington State as receiver's coach, too. So, yeah, you know, he's going to be one of those guys, obviously, you look at his offense and his background, he's going to be able to check a lot of those offensive boxes and be sort of a quarterback-centric coach that, that I think Purdue fans will like.
2: Okay. join my Tom Deanhard uh, goldenblack.com of Purdue. So, Tom, regarding the coach that's departed, Jeff Brom, again, he's going to Louisville, not a huge surprise when that job opened that he took it, but as a Purdue writer, how, how do you define his era? What it, Now that he's gone, what is the Jeff Brom era defined as?
3: One of the best in program history, at least in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what he inherited first from Daryl Hazel. Abject train wreck. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean, not not nine wins in four years, guys. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Do the yeah. math. Yeah. Divide 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 nine nine <laughs> by four. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I can I can even do that. Abject train wreck. <laughs> and I was not a Purdue engineer, believe me. My wife is, but I was not. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I tell you what, guys. Won the Big Ten West, went to the Big Ten Championship game this year. Won nine games in 2021. Had that incensating win against uh, Tennessee in the bowl game. Some of the biggest wins in program history, three wins over top three teams, right? That 2018 Ohio State uh, win against Urban Meyer with Tyler Trent there, of course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, produced... the program's first first-round pick since the 2011 draft and George Karloff was last year. I can go on and on. i got, got pretty ranked for the first time since 2007. Did Jeff Brom have his four balls in full? Yes. Did Jeff Brom leave the program in tip-top shape? Probably not. Hmm. Did Jeff Brom probably need to go? Yeah. Hmm. I, think, I think he did his job after six years, and I think it's time for everybody to turn the page. I don't think there are many tears when uh, he did the part. Really? Uh, I think this I think I think this is a good time for a transition. But it's always scary, guys. It's always scary when there's change.
1: Yeah, that's Now what you just said is I'm sure surprising to Jake, and it's definitely yeah. surprising to me. It was you think it was time for a change there.
3: I do. I, I think talking to a lot of people on the inside uh you know, a lot just a lot of toxic environment. It, it was never a real nurturing environment inside that building. He wasn't really there to mold your son, I don't think. Well. Wow. He was there to, he was he was in football games and uh yeah, again, got um, a lot of turnover on the coaching staff. So sometimes I some somebody put it to me this way on on the inside that that sometimes they won in spite of themselves. Um once Saturday came before Saturday kind of looked uh I'm not gonna say chaotic, but it wasn't always smooth saying. But come Saturday somehow they got everything buttoned up and were, and were ready to play. Hmm. And I do think I, I do think there were some issues. There was, it was a divided team, just because I, I got the impression. Jeff, I think it's probably true. Jeff really wasn't really involved with the, the defense, right? And talking to people, parents, even, and like, you kind of get the sense that again, it, it was two different teams. And uh, I, I think the head coach needs to be a head coach. That, that's just me. Uh huh. And I, I, I know some guys don't want to relinquish their play calling duties, offense, or defense. I get it. That, that's what defines them and got them to their jobs. But I really think you need to hand stuff off and be a head coach and, and be involved and have your hand. At least to know what's going on, special teams, offense, defense, everything. Wow.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: This this turned very interesting to me. LSU, Purdue in the bowl game. LSU, it, the game went from LSU being a five-and-a-half-point favorite to a 14-point favorite, and that is because <laughs> of the <laughs> – He's the, laughing. Dude, why don't you just tell us the deal
3: there, Tom D. oh Well, I mean, did, did you see the news yesterday with all the opt-outs became official? You know, oh. I had heard rumblings for over a week about – O'Connell not playing, Payne Durham not playing, uh, Charlie Jones not playing, um, and now it became it became reality yesterday, right? It all, they all went public, and the last week I reported that their best quarterback wasn't going to play. He'd sign with an agent, Corey Trice, so there he's not going to play. And there, there's talk guys of of probably the best player on defense, Jalen Graham. He's probably not going to play. So on and on and go. So. Oh. You know, you you, you you subtract those players from a team that, to begin with, wasn't super talented. You can see why well, this is a, a double-digit spread at this point. I guess.
1: How old are you? Speaking of spreads, <laughs> how, how old, how old you are mean? you? I'm I'm I'm
3: 57. Okay, so okay, we're the same age. Same age. What
1: what is your <laughs> what what is there, your feeling about that level of opt out?
3: I thought I, I thought you're going to ask me about TikTok. <laughs> I don't care. Yes. Hey, I, hey, I don't care about. I don't care if those guys opt out. I get it. If it was my son, I'd say, "What's the point?" These, now I don't Ooh. want to get off onto another whole tangent That's about okay. the value of bowl games and how silly they are and how they really mean nothing. I always love to watch those bowl games when someone makes a good play and the announcers go, "Don't tell me these bowl games don't matter." <laughs> That's anyway, me, John, Tom. Again, that's they me saying matter. that. That they is simple. Matter. You just they Tom.
1: Matter. They matter. If per if if Nebraska wins a bowl game, this place goes crazy.
3: It matters, Tom. I understand. Tom. I get that. I, I understand. I don't want to. I I I I, I watch them too. Believe me. I understand. I get it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy who's in the corner of the room, bitching about everything or, or <laughs> old, old, the old cranky old man. But back back to the opt out thing. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Again, I understand and. I know it, it aggravates the heck out of some fans, but mm-hmm. it's a business decision. The, the, the thing about the Purdue guys, though, O'Connell and Durham,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and even Charlie Jones is going to go to the Senior Bowl. These guys aren't first- or second-day draft choices. Right. Well, now I can understand a, a likely first-rounder or even a second- or a third-rounder not playing, but I think that's the aggravation with me and the fans at Purdue is the fact these guys aren't really elite pro prospects, and they're still going to sit out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I think yeah. I'd be aggravated if I were a well, I know I would be aggravated if
2: I I'm not even a Purdue fan and I'm aggravated. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Join my Tom Deanhard at GoldenBlack for Purdue. I'm I'm curious, Tom, you know, there's three hires made in the Big Ten West Matt Rule at Nebraska, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, Ryan Walters at Purdue. Well, how do you rank those hires? You I mean what what are you more curious about of, of those three?
3: I thought about this. I say, My goodness, you know, before Purdue hired somebody, I mm-hmm. you know, Nebraska's got Matt Rule. Look, at was Wisconsin. They hired Luke Fickle.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You already got a division with Kirk Ferentz in it. PJ Flex a pretty darn, darn good uh, good coach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. Beathem is pretty good coach. You yep. got a lot of chops to him. Uh huh. It's Gerald, and and uh, so I said, man, Purdue's got to they they, they got to make some splash here, right? They can't hire somebody with no experience to match with with these guys. Well, they did. And I guarantee you, it's sort of like when people have to grade the NFL draft or, or rank recruiting classes the day after all these events, and they're going to rank recruiting or coaching hires, right? And let, let, let's just say right now the Ryan Walters hire is probably going to be among the graded probably poorly, wouldn't you think? Yes. Just because of the fact mm-hmm. he's not a proven head coach. It's just people want instant analysis, and that's going to be an easy analysis to make, I think. And I think we will all understand it. He's got a lot to prove, right? Mm-hmm. But again, I don't care who you are, Jake or, or Sip or me or Sean Callahan, we don't know how these hires are going to turn out. And you guys have the perfect example in your own backyard. Everybody to a man would have said, Scott Frost, home run hire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But virtually everybody. Yes, you're right. So you and don't... There may have been a handful of detractors, but I can't imagine many. Everybody thought that was going to be a, just a perfect hire
1: doesn't it come down to you have to trust bobinski's judgment in this he evidently saw some things that indicated to him this is going to work even against that long line of really outstanding coaches in the division yeah
3: he um he said that at his press conference last thursday that hey this is this is his what he's paid to do is make this decision, make this hire. It was a small, committed circle of people, him and the guy on the board of trustees, I think the search firm, and I think he was blown away. You guys played Illinois this year. You guys watched broadcasts of Illinois games. Every time you watched, the announcers were talking about Ryan Walters, how it wasn't if, it was when he was going to be a head coach, right?
1: Right, for uh, sure.
3: He's supposed to be a you know, defensive savant. He's, gonna, he's already connected with the players, as you can imagine, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, so, yeah, it's um, – it's 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 maybe it's the kick in the pants Purdue needs, or every program needs every once in a while. That again, a, a 180 hire. Uh, a lot of ways, so opposite of Jeff Rom from a personality standpoint, from a from a background standpoint too. And, and again, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see, guys. Again, the staff is going to be the big key. Mm-hmm. It's Always the key, right? Mm-hmm. And we have Graham Harold and I talked to the, the coach yesterday real quick on the phone. He, he's out busting it right now. I think they have to be off the road on Sunday. Then it goes quiet next week. He said, there's still a lot there. He's got to keep the roster together. They've only had a couple guys jump in the portal. He's got to keep the recruiting class together, obviously. He's working on that. And I think that the defensive coordinator hire is going to be the next hire, right? Yeah. I think – I was thinking about that. I, I think – you know, if I'm Ryan Walters, I want one guy on defense in that building that knows me, mm-hmm. knows what I do. I think it's got to be a guy off the Illinois staff. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think that guy could be Kevin Kane. We'll see if it is or not. He played linebacker Kansas under Mangino in the like, oh, early oh, 2000s. Okay. Uh, that's just my guess. If I'm Ryan Walters, I want a guy that I know and trust and knows my defense, knows, knows what I do. Um, at least one guy on my defensive staff like that. So we'll see. You got the number one
1: basketball team in the country in West Lafayette, Indiana. What's the what's the feeling of pride like in that city right now?
3: Not, I, Nebraska almost knocked them off there last Saturday, right? That's yeah, they great. did in they,
1: overtime. They did. They <laughs> should lucky. Nebraska should probably should enough. have won that game, man.
3: Yeah, that was a bad call laid out. Uh, but anyway. Obviously you can you can imagine that it's a basketball school and there's a lot of excitement. Um they got number one last year and then the last for one week they got beat on a on a last second shot at Rutgers. They hope it lasts a little bit longer. This time it doesn't matter if you're number one in December, obviously. It's it's fun for the fans though. You guys you guys know that. The fans will love it. And uh it's you know, anytime it's a surprise it's, it makes the seasons extra fun, right? There there were no expectations this year like this mm. without Jade Ivey or Travion Williams or Sasha out of it. Nobody yeah. envisioned Purdue being number one in the country before Christmas, for crying out loud, if at all, right. in this season. They, they would have been happy the fourth or fifth place Big Ten to finish and being a sixth, seventh, or eighth seed in the NCAA tournament. Well, right now, guys, obviously, you know, the resume speaks for themselves. They've beaten Duke, Gonzaga, West Virginia, Marquette. Dang. And oh, in the Big Ten, uh, they've got Davidson this weekend in Indianapolis, okay. a couple more, a couple of rummies, like FAMU and New Orleans at home, <laughs> and, they, and then they pick back up. I know they play Rutgers, and I think the next kind of scary game is on the road at Ohio State, like January 10th.
1: They're gonna be let's, see if they can,
3: let's see if they can make it through these next three or four still unbeaten. You never know, you guys know. Crazy things happen every time in any sport you roll the ball out there, you can get beat. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah.
2: Well, Tom, great stuff. Talking great about Ryan stuff. Walters, Jeff Brown, Purdue basketball. We thank you for your time. We will chat with you again down the road.
3: Hey, Jake and Zip. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy holidays if I don't speak to you before then. God bless Same you. Same to you.
2: God, God bless, bless you. Tom Deanhart, goldenblack.com for Purdue.
3: Uh, the, the
2: takeaway
1: there, uh, well, first of all, a lot I mean the Ryan Walters hire as head coach at Purdue looks better when you add Graham Harrell to the equation. Sure, yeah, it's a big hire for them. Yeah, the other the other takeaway, and you were multitasking when he was talking about. It. I don't know if you caught it that that whole bit that Tom talked about about it was time for Brom to move yeah, on.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that was now we got a text about that too. We have Ellis in Illinois says this. He says thank you, Tom. You guys seem to believe him, but would ne- you'd never believe me in the last few years, because I went to Purdue. I know multiple kids on the team. The kids and parents absolutely despise Jeff Brom. He's not a good guy. That's from Ellis, a Purdue graduate on our text line. Ha. Huh. Okay. I, I, I didn't feel that vibe from Purdue. I don't, I don't know Purdue that well, in well terms of the players. You
1: heard, yeah, you heard Tom say a lot there would be a lot of internal turmoil. Leading up to games, but then he'd get it together for the game, and you couldn't you couldn't see turmoil.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't know that, right? No, you wouldn't know about watching sidelines at all. That's fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, sometimes it's listen when you're the boss, when you're the head of an organization, you have to piss people off. You do. You have to anger people. You have to say no to people. You have to make them do things they don't want to do, and that's gonna sometimes that you know it wears out certain people. And that's how they form their opinion out of sure. you. Now, I would say as long as he was respected,
2: th- then it was uh, then it's okay. Well, but they, it doesn't sound like he was respected. Won a lot of games too. He said it was a good tenure. I mean, he did say it was a, a very good tenure of football, good era. But apparently, wasn't that well liked. Wow. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports is next on Early Break in the Ticket. Save big
0: on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.